0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: It's Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. As we come on for our number three, Man City just beat Burnley 3-0 in the very first game of the Premier League season. Man City won it last year and now wins the first game. Premier League starting uh, how many of the Premier League teams he's Michael Rothstein, I'm Matt Jones. Do you think you could name? Do you think you could name six teams in the English Premier League?
2: Yes, I absolutely could because one of them is the team that I support, which is Nottingham Forest. Are they in the Premier League this year? Yes, I, I believe they are still. I don't think they got relegated. Now you, now you're now I'm questioning my my own. Well, I mean, I don't know if they
1: are or not. I, that's not one. If they are, I did not know they were there. Can you name more? You yeah, gotta I mean, get are- six.
2: Yeah, Ars- I mean, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man U, Man City, Leicester City. Leicester's, last five.
1: Leicester is not in the Premier League. They got They're not? relegated. They no. did get relegated. So,
2: oh, all right. Well, then. Nevertheless, you were close. You were close. West Ham.
1: I can keep going. I think they got relegated too. But nevertheless, Canty and Carlin is <laughs> this here. Is not going ES- well for me <laughs> on ESPN Radio. And I, for people who don't know, Michael rostein is the uh, writer for ESPN for the Falcons. Now, I, if you listen to the Sunday morning show that I do with. Uh, that I, that I do with with Meyer Metcalf, I have a long-standing theory, and I want to give you a chance to challenge it. It's a double-edged theory. Number one is never bet on a Falcons game. If they're supposed to win, they will lose, and if they are supposed to win, uh, lose, they will win. It is the most impossible team to predict in sports. But secondly, and this is the most important theory, I find them to be the least interesting team in football. Not since the Dirty Birds except for the year that they blew the lead. Have I ever cared about a Falcons game? I can't find a reason to want to watch them. Matt Ryan was the equivalent of, of 2% milk when it came to a drink. As a quarterback, he was good, but, like, milk's good for you, but who cares? And now this year, I still can't find a reason to like the Falcons, and I hate that because Dave Ragone is the offensive coordinator. I used to host a show with him. I want to care. Give me a reason why I should care
2: about the Atlanta Falcons. I'll give you multiple reasons to care about the Atlanta Fal- Falcons, Matt. It'll start with that they have arguably the guy who's the favorite for offensive rookie of the year in B. John Robinson. That guy's electrifying as a player. He, he is special. I've seen it from the second day of training camp watching him. And even are we before. talking like,
1: bear, like how does he run? Are we going through the tackles or are we going around like Barry
2: Sanders? What do we do? Uh, a little bit of both. He can have the power to go through the tackles if necessary, but he's more of a guy that if he hits open space, he's gone. He's going to make you miss. He gets to the edge faster than everybody. But he also has the ability to put his foot in the ground and cut and get upfield super quick. And not only that, he's, for lack of a better description, he's bendy. Which usually hear people describe you 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 hear people describe edge rushers like that, right? But I've seen him where he'll kind of like it looks like he's gonna get hit and he's like like almost like a kind of like matrix type thing and, and get out of it. He's not only that, you know. I like I know people like to classify him as a running back, Matt, but he is what I call an offensive option. They're gonna line him up everywhere. He's gonna potentially be their starting slot receiver. He's gonna play multiple positions. But not only that, if you like innovative offense, to your guy Dave Ragone's credit. They're go- Even though he's not the play caller, he's heavily involved in this. They're going to have a very innovative offense because they have a bunch of players who can line up at three or two to three different places in the offense, which makes them incredibly hard to defend and also very unpredictable. And the NFL, Matt, I think both you and I know, especially compared to college football, the offenses are very predictable. A lot of teams run the same types of plays with the same types of personnel. The Falcons are not going to be that this year. They're just going to be interesting. Arthur Smith is a very smart play caller, and he's going to find ways to create leverage and just have fun with football. Like you saw what he did with, frankly, limited talent the last two years, and now he doesn't have that because. So he is has, Desmond Ritter good?
1: Because I feel like he's. I, I I I feel like there's no young quarterback besides Jordan Love that I know less about. I mean, I know he played some, but I don't feel like it ever. I don't even know if he ever popped up on red zone. I feel like they were so boring they even <laughs> skipped their touchdowns. So, well, like, is is Desmond Ritter going to be someone I want to see?
2: Now, to be fair, he only threw for two touchdowns in four. That's games, why so I you would I was yeah, probably in the rest. You would not have seen him very often on red zone. He, we don't know, and anyone who says they know is trying to sound smarter than they are and pretend that they know something that they don't. There is potential there. Uh, From what I've seen in camp, he's accurate short. He's accurate medium. He hasn't been accurate deep. But he's very smart. They like how he's progressed thus far. But here's the thing. He doesn't have to be great, Matt. I know we were talking about this with Brock Purdy before. But the way that San Francisco and, frankly, the way that Atlanta have built their offenses, they don't need their quarterbacks to be great because all of their talent around their, their players are good to great. So, they just need to get them the ball Are and they, let though? them do their work. I mean, Atlanta, like, they have top 10 picks at, at if you want okay, to consider Bijan a running back. Put Bijan aside because we haven't seen him. Right. But the, those other top 10 picks have done what? Kyle Pitts had the second ever 1,000 yard season as a rookie tight end. Last but he's not year really he was, a tight end. He's not really a tight end. But, but I mean, last year he was hurt. And he also had Marcus Mariota, who was an inaccurate thrower, and that's being kind, throwing the ball to him. Kyle Pitts seems healthy now, and okay. when he is, he becomes a matchup nightmare. And Drake, Drake London, he is great at contested balls. He is great at going up against defensive backs and grabbing balls. He's, he's also going to have – last year, once Kyle Pitts got hurt, he didn't have anyone around him to help out. So now all of a sudden he's got Bijan, he's got Kyle Pitts. That's going to open up the offense a little bit more, and we haven't even talked about a guy like Cordero Patterson who – I do like gonna Cordell. Patterson. The, he's going to maybe be their sixth guy.
1: I do enjoy watching Cordell Patterson. He's fun. All right, so you've now convinced me to put Falcons games instead of on the eighth television at my bar, the sixth television at bar, my bar. But nevertheless, <laughs> they are in the worst division, maybe in the history of American sports. I'm not sure there's been a division in any sport – that has been more pitiful than the NFC South is going to be this year. Do you think they will win the awful NFC South?
2: If they get average quarterback play from Desmond Ritter, they will win the NFC South. Their defense is going to be better. I'm going to contend, though, that I would say it's not even the worst conference or the worst division in the NFL this year. Go look no. at the AFC South.
1: Yeah, but Jacksonville's good. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is actually that, – that team is good. They sure, won a playoff but you, game. But, I mean, tell me the team that's good in the NFC South. I know
2: that Jacksonville's going to be good.
1: I mean, I okay, don't know. That's if fair. Be I'll, great. G-
2: I'll give you that, but I'm looking at the bottom. I think well, you the got bottom's two. bad. The bottom's bad. But you the have, bottom the two b- teams I, are worse than any team in the NFC South, and, and I think Tampa's is going to be horrible. I think the NFC South, if I
1: were ranking the teams in the NFC South, or excuse me, in the in the NFL, I think you could make a strong case that the NFC South might have four of the bottom nine.
2: Oh, I don't think that. I, I, I don't. Do. think I mean, th- the I think only one odd. that
1: might not is Atlanta.
2: Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Carolina are all going to be awful. I don't think Carolina's going to be as bad as you think they're going to be. Well, maybe I mean, th- th- there's, listen, there's questions on that office. There's questions with some of their playmakers. But they have an experienced coach. They have a quarterback that they're going to be able to develop because that whole staff is built on quarterback development, and their defense is really, really good. And that we'll defense see. is going to keep them in games and steal some wins from them. So they might not be a very good team. They might not even be an average team, but they're going to have a record that simulates kind of an average well, the team going to
1: do it. Well, the records are all going to be misleading because they play yeah. each other. So somebody has to win the games. Uh, Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. I would tell you more, but he hasn't scrolled up. There we go. Save when you bundle <laughs> motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com.
0: Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Time is here on ESPN Radio, the Cincinnati Bengals. 58.
1: Go. I'm Ben Baby, covering the Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN's NFL Nation. And the biggest storyline entering training camp revolves around Joe Burrow's availability for week one. Burrow has been out since he suffered a strained right calf in the second practice of training camp. The injury also comes at a time when the Bengals and Burrow are under contract negotiations on an extension that could make him the highest-paid player in the NFL. But more importantly, the Bengals are hoping that Burrow comes back healthy and sooner rather than later. Cincinnati's looking to go from being just AFC contenders to Super Bowl champions.
0: Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio.
1: I freely admit that I didn't know there was someone named Ben Baby, and that may be the best name I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Like, seriously, like, as someone named Matt Jones, I really appreciate people that get to be named things like Ben Baby because immediately I want to know more about what Ben Baby says. But I agree with Ben Baby that the Bengals have a chance to be great this year. I don't understand, Michael, why there's even a question about the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow is of the level of success that, like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers in their primes – Even if the cast around him is not great, they're going to be a contender because he is the quarterback, assuming he's healthy. Now, if he's not healthy, that's a whole different situation. But I think he and Mahomes are so good that it doesn't even matter who's around them. They still will be a contender. Am
2: I wrong on putting him on that level? You're not wrong. He is that good. He's, in my opinion, the second best quarterback in the NFL behind that guy named Patrick Mahomes. The questions this year are all about whether the calf, if the calf is more serious and how that can damage it. Because if he's not playing, I'm sorry, I don't believe in the ghost no, of Travis course Simeon. Not.
1: Well, that's uh, true of all those teams. If yeah, you lose 100 the same
2: way. Yeah, no, w- without question. But like you said, the difference is that cast around him is great. The receiving core specifically, T. Higgins is a number one playing as a number two. Yeah. Jamar Chase is the second or third best receiver in the NFL. like Justin Jefferson's number one. And Tyler Boyd can be a number one or a high-end number two on a lot of NFL teams. And he's their number three. They have Joe Mixon as a running back. They, they, this is a team that has so many offensive options that they become impossible to game plan for defensively. And then you flip the side of the ball, Matt, and yeah, they lost Jesse Bates to Atlanta. But... They still have Logan Wilson. They still have a good pass rush. They still have good corners. They're going to be a difficult out no matter what, and they also have experience now. The wild thing here, Matt, and you know this because you're right on the border there, You know, Kentucky borders, Ohio. Two years ago at this point in time or three years ago at this point in time, we didn't know if Zach Taylor was going to finish the season. Yeah. And now it's like he might have the coolest seat in the game that's no, opposite Andy Reid.
1: I've, I've been around Bengals. I'm not a Bengals fan. I'm a Bears fan, which is a sad life in and of itself. It is. But, I, but uh, the Bengals fans have been, first of all, they're the drunkest fans in America. If anyone ever asks, <laughs> who are the drunkest? I don't care who where you are right now. You're sitting there saying, we are the drunkest fans. You are not as drunk as the Bengals fans. No one is anywhere in sports. But they've also been the angriest fans. I mean, the Steelers-Bengals games in Cincinnati – You have to bring body armor to go because of how much their fans get into it. But they are as happy a group of people as I've ever seen because they've had so little success over the years, and they believe Burrow is going to win multiple ones. I'm with you on the talent. This may be, though, the last year that they get that group like it is because now cap stuff will start to come into play, and I would be surprised if they can keep paying what they're going to have to do They're going to have to pay Jamar Chase soon. I'm going to have a hard time believing they get to keep that whole group together. This may be the last time you have all of that talent together. The question is about the offensive line, but let's be real. It's them in Kansas City and maybe Buffalo. It's all about getting home field so they don't have to go to Arrowhead like they've had to do the last couple years, and they
2: could make the, uh, the AFC go through Cincinnati instead. Yeah, if they do that, they are in a very good position. To win the whole thing. Now, the problem for them versus maybe not Buffalo, but versus like Kansas City is the rest of their division has a chance to be that's pretty right, that's darn right. good too. Yeah. Now, I'm not sold on Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to be bad. But Mike Tomlin, all he does is finish over 500, and you've got Kenny Pickett not as a rookie, George Pickens not as a rookie, and Baltimore's coming in with something. This is cliche, something to prove, but Lamar Jackson needs to prove that all of that conversation around him was well worth it, and I think he will. It's going to be a really hard division for Cincinnati to win because all of a sudden now Cincinnati has become the team that other teams are trying to beat instead of being what they've been for so long, which is kind of the plucky upstart.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's a very important point you made about schedule because I think that often gets overlooked in these conversations is who you actually play. And I and they they will have a much more difficult time in the NFC. They actually get the NFC West, whereas uh, th- which you know th- the. The Chiefs get the NFC East. That's kind of a wash. But playing those six games against the, the the Browns, I think the Browns will be better than you do, but the Ravens and Steelers, to me, is a lot harder than, at, frankly, playing the, the Broncos and the Raiders and the Chargers this, this year. And it'll probably be a game or two that decides home field, so I do think it
2: matters. Yeah, and to your point about schedule, I would rather play the NFC West because the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in football. The Rams have a lot of top end talent but they have no depth whatsoever do you believe in Geno C- do you believe in Geno smith i don't I know i just think i would I, rather i don't know i think the I, I think the rams and the
1: seahawks will be fine you're right about arizona they're going to be awful but i just i would rather if you told me that i get the chargers the broncos or the raiders twice or i get the 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 browns the steelers and the ravens twice you're definitely going to want the afc west teams and it'll literally yeah, come oh, down yeah. to it'll come down to one game I mean, who? I bet you whatever the final record is, one of them will be one game ahead of the other one, probably, and the schedule could be what determines that.
2: No, it, it absolutely can. And don't forget those two teams. I'm trying. I'm looking up to check. They for do sure play, when they each, play other. each other. They play each other every year, but I'm not yeah. sure
1: where the game is. The game is that, in, ga- that game. That game. Oh, I'll
2: tell you when that game is. It's in you it's want- on
1: New Year's Eve. That's right.
2: It is on New Year's Eve, and it is in Kansas in Arrowhead. State. Yeah. So that man, Cincinnati can't catch a break. It feels no, like every game those
1: teams play is in Arrowhead. How does that happen? It feels like every year that's where it goes. I, it's, I don't, I'm i sure they've played in Cincinnati, but
2: I'm not sure when it's happened. Uh, yeah, well, but I think it's because we mostly remember those games in the playoffs, and those games have always been at Arrowhead because Kansas City hangs out with home field advantage, Matt. Yeah. Well, I love the Bengals this year. I think, like I said, I, don't, I only think there's two
1: quarterbacks in the league that I'm going to every year for their career Pick them to be a Super Bowl contender, regardless of who around is around them, and that's Mahomes and Burrow. I can't quite put Josh Allen there yet. I think he's kind of just a notch below that. But those two guys, they're going to be for me like Brady and Manning. Whenever they have a team, to me, they're going to have a chance to win.
2: I'll be curious to see what Jalen Hurts looks like this year because if he has another season like he did a year ago, you're probably putting him in that category as well. I'm not. I'm not. You're not. They're they defense. They're loaded. I mean, like I. I think he's
1: really good, but they're also loaded. I mean, Kansas City last year did not have the overall talent that Philadelphia did, but no. they still won. And I think that's a testament
2: to how good Mahomes is. Well, but when you See, so yeah, the argument there, though, Kansas City's been there in the Super Bowl so many times before, and True. I've talked to guys who've been to that Super Bowl for the first time, and you're, you're even if you want to, even if you want to sit there in your brain and say, you know what, it's just another game, it's a – it's not, and it messes with you for a little while, and it takes a little time. If they get back again, I think it's a different situation. Now, obviously, it depends who they play and all of that, but they'll know they what to They have an easier them. path,
1: and they also have a much easier path than, than, than Kansas City will, uh, will have. Now, which quarterback, Love, Watson, or Wilson, has the most to uh, prove? We will let you know and get into that, but first, what you really care about is that Michael
2: has a word from Indeed. When you're running your own business, the last thing you need is running into problems hiring. So check out Indeed. The all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com credit. To get $75 towards your first sponsored job, terms and conditions apply.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle not not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any
0: The countdown to kickoff rolls on. <laughs> Jordan Love's had a little bit of an up and down start. Right now he just threw a pass that was tipped and intercepted. Nobody gets you closer to the action.
1: As I say that, Jordan Love just sailed one over Romeo Dobbs's head on a sideline.
0: Route. And I mean nobody. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio.
1: It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones and Michael Rothstein joining you. There's nobody better on television to me talking about football than Louis Riddick, ESPN's NFL front office insider. If he says it, I listen. So I'm going to start with an argument I made earlier, which is I am not an expert, but I get nothing out of preseason football except maybe getting to watch the rookie quarterbacks play a little. You're a lot more advanced on this than me. Do you get anything out of preseason football that really helps through the year? Yeah, I, I do. Look, I I'm I'm one of those
4: guys who has a guys who as a player, you know, counted on preseason. Because okay? I wasn't a first round draft pick, wasn't someone who could sit over there spitting sunflower seeds and, you know, talking to the announcers through a headset, you know, as as the rest of the guys were out there competing. So when I watched these young guys playing, the guys who I knew were who were gonna be you know your third or fourth safety, your third or fourth linebacker, your you know fourth or fifth defensive end, seventh or eighth offensive lineman. What I'm doing is I'm taking notes about okay, let's just see if at some point in time this guy has to play during the season. I have some kind of baseline to compare him to at the you know at the pro level, not just the college level, when maybe I see him down the road. And I and I really do like I. You know, it's funny. We remember what we want to remember, right, in life. We remember the stuff that we like. And since I love football, I can just see a guy play a couple times. And if I don't see him for two, three months, man, and then I see him play later on, I go, okay, I remember back during the preseason. I remember seeing this dude. So it's always for me. It's the old scout in me and the old player in me that just loves to see people just competing. And I know some people are like, man, preseason's boring as hell. What are you talking about? I'm not watching that. I'm one of those guys who's sitting there, I'll I'll be here tonight in my house with a game on the TV, a game on the iPad, flipping back and forth (laughs) with a a bunch of index cards laid out on the coffee table going, writing notes down, and my my, my kids and my wife will be like, what are you doing? It's preseason. And I'll just be like, yeah, I know it is. That's why I'm staying right here.
2: (laughs) All right, to follow on that, there are 12 teams playing tonight. Of the 12, yeah. some are going to play starters and for at least a little while. A bunch more are not. Is there one team right. tonight that you're like, I really want to dial in on them because I think I'm going to learn the most?
4: Yeah, you know, actually, I mean, there's a bunch I mean, even tonight, right? So, I mean, tonight I want to watch – I definitely want to watch the commanders because I want to see how Sam Howell looks in Eric the enemy's offense. And I am going to see if all this crying that was supposedly going on with these young guys or these players on the offensive side of the ball about how hard Eric is on them, if whether or, not, whether or not that was worth it because they look much more efficient this year. So I definitely want to see that. I want to see Jordan Love tonight against the Bengals. I want to see how that looks. I want to see how he is jiving with some of these young players, whether it only be, I mean, young players. by young players I mean his skill position guys, which he doesn't have a guy over two years of experience in his top six. And he himself, you know, he's as green as can be. So I want to see how that looks. I want to see how the Steelers look. I want to see how Kenny Pickett looks. I want to see whether or not they're going to push the ball down the field or not. Or whether or not they're going to be this horizontal, you know, six yards, five and a half yards per attempt passing team like they've been, which ain't going to cut it. That's just not going to get it, in the you know So there's a whole bunch of stuff here to watch tonight. And then later on, you know, watching the Broncos and the Cardinals. I mean, Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different things. That's why, like I said, man, I'm going to be bebopping back and forth between all these teams. And I haven't even talked about the Dolphins and the Falcons and whether or not Desmond Ritter, how's, how's he going to look if he, if he plays tonight? Are they going to get B. John Robinson any snaps at all? So there's something for me, man, with all of these games. I just can't zero in on one thing. I mean, I just gave you what? What was that about? Six or seven? Yeah, you gave months? us yeah, – you, <laughs> you
1: basically gave, went through all
2: of them. So you're Honestly, good. Honestly, yeah. you, you, you gave us every <laughs> team except the team I thought you'd mention, which was Tampa. You know what? You know, you know
4: what? Now, the ironic thing, I'm, I'm, I'll be straight up honest with you, the ironic thing about Tampa is I don't know if I even care about their quarterback position because I, to me, my, my guess, my educated guess is they don't have the quarterback of the future on this roster anyway. Yeah. And, you know, if this season starts getting away from them, I would never – Todd Bowles is one of my best friends, one of my very best friends in football, known him for a long time. Long time. I just don't see that team as being a factor this year, and I, and it's and a lot of it has to do with look, Baker can say all the stuff he wants about you know what I'm not trying to be Tom I'm just trying to be me I've always proven people wrong blah 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 blah, blah. Baker if he's it if he's a long term answer then I'm going to be dead wrong I'll just be and if Kyle Trask is someone who that prevents them from drafting a quarterback next year I'm going to be dead wrong. But that's the one team that for me, even though the quarterback position is way up in the air, I just don't – it doesn't give me any, any juice at all. It really does. Although I'll, I'll flip the game on and I'll look at it, of course. But for me, it's more about the Steelers and what they're doing than it is about what Tampa's doing.
1: All right, so I had you. We were you were on shows I hosted a lot going in the draft. I really cared about the draft this year because i Kentucky guy, Will Levis. Now you, I heard you break down all four quarterbacks going into the draft: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony yeah. Richardson. After what yeah. you've heard from camp so far, has your yeah. opinion on any of the four gotten better or worse? No, it
4: has It's it's kind of like I'm, I'm at where I'm at. Like so. Last night, now, if I, if I wanted to, like, way jump the gun, everybody knows that I love C.J. Stroud. And I said, going into the draft, that would be my QB one. I'm sure after last night, as soon as he threw, threw the pick, I'm sure there are people going, I told you he sucks. I told you he's not any good. It's just the Ohio State <laughs> system. I told you. I Look, people were doing that to me this offseason when I said, hey, you know what? Will, Will Levis just needs some time. He needs some time. Uh, Rand Carson, the GM down there, really does believe that he has the requisite skill set to be a starting quarterback. He throws a couple picks in an OTA. And what are people saying?
1: Yeah, Man, I told you, it. see, that's why crushing you got
4: a GM it. now. I told you he sucks. I'm like, oh, because <laughs> of an OTA. Okay. <laughs> Damn. So you know what? No, nothing's changed yet. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think, had the great quote. Recently, where he, you know, what what advice did he give, you know, um, Bryce Young, you know, heading into this, heading into his rookie season, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically told him, look, just be your own biggest fan, give yourself some grace, enjoy the journey, understand it's not going to be linear. There's going to be some dark moments. There's going to be some great moments. But just understand this is a long process, man. Don't expect to come out of here, and, and act like you know, you're playing Georgia Southern, like, and you're at Alabama still. It it's not going to be like that. So just be easy on yourself and understand this is a process. And that's why, for me, with these quarterbacks, I don't live and die with every throw with these young dudes. I've seen it happen too many times. You know, where where guys just have you know a bad game here or there, and then you know, and then this tidal wave of negativity comes on them, and it, it's just it's. It's just so, you know, it's such a waste of time to do that. It, it just is. Because these guys, all of these dudes this year who came out in this draft, you know, C.J. Bryce, uh, Anthony, these guys are super, super talented. Super talented. And they're all going to have great I really do believe this group has a chance, um, as well as any in recent memory, to have a great careers. I just hope that the organizations that they went to do right by them in terms of their support both, you know, as far as how they speak about these guys to the media, how they always try to protect them, and then what they do for them as far as building out the rest of the roster, surrounding them with talent, surrounding them with great coaching, surrounding them with a great weight training staff, a strength of rehabilitation staff, a medical staff, because all this stuff, all of it plays a part. Every single quarterback that's become a Hall of Famer or become one of those guys who we revere will tell you. The entire list of people... Who, are, who occupy the positions I just talked about, contribute not in, in some way to their ultimate long-term success. Every single person that touches these guys contributes to their success, and I'm just hoping these organizations do everything they can to set them up. And um, They ultimately are the kind of guys who we're able to talk about 10, 15 years from now as being some of the greats to play the game because they all have the skill set to do it.
1: I love that. That was great stuff. I could go into that because I think you're right. How a lot of these guys, good fortune is fortune based on who they get That's surrounded right. with, uh, as well. Yeah. Louis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely, thanks. There you go. He's the best. I'm telling you. This time, like, when yeah. he li- there are just certain people when they talk, you're like, okay, I got to listen to that. When pe- when I talk, people are like. His voice is the worst, but when he talks, <laughs> you like really want to hear what he has to say. It is time to play good bat. Good, not good bat. That wouldn't be as good a game. Good bat. Bad bat. That's next here on Kathy and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide.
5: May the odds be ever in your favor.
0: Is that a good bet or a bad bet?
1: Is good bet bad bet? We will have Javante join me, Matt Jones and Michael Rothstein, and he will give us the bet, and we will tell you whether or not it's a good bet or bad bet. You may have heard betting is big now. It's a thing to do, and so you need to know whether or not to throw your money away. Javante, you give us the bets, and we'll tell you whether they're good or bad. What's up first?
5: First, we have Nick Bosa with Caesars have him listed for 15 15- and, uh, not 15 and a half, but 15 sacks, which he had 18 and a half sacks last year. The over at plus 100 and the under at minus 130. You could do the over or the under.
1: Oh, right, Well, you got who? Are you talking to me or, or Michael? Who do you Matt, there you go. You, oh, no, you can start too, right? Matt. Sorry about that. start I'm going to take the under. And the reason is not because I don't think he's great, it's just with guys like that, there's always the injury change. So he had 18 and a half last year, had a great year. So if you're just saying he's going to play, I think these numbers are pretty good. I would actually say he goes under 18 and a half anyway, but there's always a chance he gets hurt, and I think because of that, when it comes to these kind of numbers, I'm usually going to take the under.
2: Plus, people always bet the over, so there's value in under on these. I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the over. Just, listen, they have a ton of talent on that team, and that frees Nick Bosa up because they can't double him every single play. And when you have honestly when you have Nick Bosa one on one, I'm gonna take Nick Bosa every single time. Give me the over there.
5: All right, what's next? Next we have Jamar Chase. Caesar has him currently listed at a thousand two hundred and fifty and a half. Last year he had a thousand and forty six receiving yards last year. The over is minus one fifteen and the under minus one fifteen. Michael, are you taking the over or the under?
2: Well the over and the under are the same. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I'll take the over because what people forget about Jamar Chase is he missed some games due to injury last year. And that was really the only reason he was at that number. Jamar Chase is going to have a massive year. Like, just an absolute massive season. Give me the over. And I'll even say, give me the over by two to 300 yards.
1: I'm going to take the under. You're going to hear me say this for all of them. I'm betting on injuries. I don't want to. I don't like it. I'm just saying Jabbar Chase has at times been injury prone. He'll end up probably having to miss time. Joe Burrow might be injured for part of the year, depending on what happens. So I And when you consider all the weapons in Cincinnati, I'm going to take the under. Again, if he's healthy, if you promised me he was healthy all year and you promised me Joe Burrow was healthy all year, then I would take the over. But you can't promise me that, so I'm taking the under.
5: Next, we have Debo Samuel. Caesars have him listed at four and a half receiving TDs, and he had two receiving TDs last year. The over is plus 110, and the under is minus 140. Matt, you taking the over or the under?
1: Actually, in this case, I'm going to take the over <laughs> because, all right, this is the opposite. Here's a guy who's been hurt a lot. And now I'm going to bet the odds tip back and he actually is not hurt. And if he's not hurt all year, I think he ends up with more than two receiving touchdowns. So I'm flipping my all unders will actually be over. Cause if you give me a healthy Debo Samuel in this offense the whole year, I think he's getting more than four and a half touchdowns. I'm going to take the over.
2: We're going to disagree, disagree this entire segment because I'm going to take the under here for multiple reasons. One, I can't count on him to play 17 games. I can probably only count on him to play 10. And also, they're going to find ways when they're in the red zone not to throw the ball to him, but to give him the ball as a runner. Remember, he is one of the most positionless players in the NFL, and they like to use him in the backfield. I think that they're going to use him in the backfield a decent amount, maybe even flip him and McCaffrey. I'm going to go under.
5: All right, last one, quickly. Caesars has Kyle Shanahan. Listed as a coach of the year plus three thousand. Michael, are you taking that bet? Or are you not?
2: No, I'm taking the field on that. I would never bet coach of the year. That's just so much of a. You don't think yeah. they play the
1: season thirty times? He wins coach of the year once. Uh, maybe, but I also
2: I, I'm not I'm not taking it. Yeah,
1: I'll do it. The plus three thousand. You tell me. I get thirty chances and one time Kyle Shanahan wins. I'll take it. Although I don't bet these things either but it wouldn't shock me if he won, so I'm all right with it at 30-1. to 1. Now, Trust Tree, do you trust Dak Prescott or Geno Smith more? I trust neither, but we will let you know which one we trust more next here on Canty and Garland.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Garland podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.